the legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. Mixed with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar for the perfect balance of sweet, salty, and sour every time. Discover legendary taste with Cayman Jack, America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, Michaela Watkins, Grace Para, and Megan Gailey join me in studio to talk about shame, shame, shame. Who feels it, who doesn't, and who could use more of it? Alyssa Mastermonico also joins to discuss why we shouldn't totally ignore opportunistic conservative shouting heads, even though we would really like to. And, as always, our hills. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. If you have hills to die on that you'd like to send us, you can record a 30-second voice memo on your phone and send it as an email to hysteria at crooked.com. You can also get in touch with us for other reasons that way, but just to let you know, I'm not the only one who checks that email address. So send love notes and hate mail elsewhere or just don't send them at all. Also, if you like what you're hearing, please rate us and review us on iTunes. It helps people find us and it helps people know how much you enjoy the show. Hello. Hello, darling. Hello, love. How are you? Are we doing British accents today? Because I can't do them. No, I just felt like it. (laughs) I mean, I respect that, but I just wanted to warn you that my British accent is embarrassing. This week has been a real bummer. And yesterday, I mean, I started I started back at like an office job. And um, so I didn't have to watch the spectacle as it unfolded yesterday. But Alyssa, did you watch Candace Owens? Yes, I did. You did. Okay. I did. Well, you know, I was thinking yesterday, I saw people talking about her, her um, testimony on Capitol Hill on Twitter and social media. And I just sort of checked out of it because I just couldn't do it yesterday. But I just, I felt very nostalgic for a time when Candace Owens would just was just going to be somebody I didn't have to learn about until she was selling trinkets on QVC, like until we're on the other side of her career. But now I feel like, no, I feel like now that she's on Capitol Hill, she's somebody who's, whose place in the, in the pantheon of garbage, we have to break down a little bit. So first of all, do you want to explain to our listeners if they don't know who Candace Owens is? Candace Owens, what is her deal? Well, she's a bad person. (laughs) She's a bad person. She's a right-wing conservative commentator, and I think she's the director of communications for Turning Point USA, which Mm -hmm. is a conservative advocacy group uh, led by Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk. I am concerned about the size of that man's head, but whatever. Um, And she's done like a lot of, you know, she got famous. People probably first heard her, uh, her name bandied about when Kanye West tweeted that he loves how Candace Owens thinks about a year ago uh, this month, actually. Wow. And she's also someone that people might remember as being a real, uh, a loud critic of the Black Lives Matter movement saying that it was a bunch of whiny toddlers pretending to be oppressed for attention. So I think that in a nutshell is Candace Owens and most recently uh, was cited in the manifesto 
of the gunman who committed the mass shootings in Christchurch, New Zealand, um, where he said that she was the person who influenced him above all. Great. So it's a good thing we have her on Capitol Hill testifying. Thank God. Um, Yesterday, she was testifying before a panel and she was talking, I believe, about it was a panel about it was about hate crimes and uh, violence against targeted groups. And um, people, both parties get to select who is on the panel and Republicans picked her, which I think gives you a, a pretty good example of where they're at. Nowadays, uh, they're having Candace Owens sitting on a, a panel that's talking about um, issues that are, you know, actually real. Um, but she uh, she came on. She was on the panel. The, the big moment from yesterday was when my congressman, Ted Lieu of California, played back to Candace Owens uh, audio of her kind of defending Hitler a little bit and her face kind of twisting into I guess her face did some gymnastics. The whole thing was all political theater. It was it was upsetting. It was demoralizing. But I wanted to make our conversation about her bigger than just yesterday. And yeah, let's not give her let's not give her any PR. I mean, she doesn't really need it. The thing is, like, all of the usual, like, all of the usual suspects were tweeting about how she just totally, like, owned the libs yesterday. Like, Donald Trump Jr. tweeted about her. Jack Probiotic. I'm not going to learn how to pronounce his last name. Jack Probiotic was like, oh, she's totally badass, whatever. It's like... I think that no matter what she does, she could have she could have been on a congressional panel and thrown up and then fallen over into the vomit. And everyone on the right would have been like, fuck, yeah, she showed him, you know, so I feel like like, basically how they talk about Donald Trump. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, if you were sitting down to, to play a game of checkers and she came up to the game of checkers with a hammer and just like smashed all the checkers, people would be like, she won. She won the game. It's like, no, she wasn't even. That's not what happened. But I wanted to talk about her specifically as an example of a, a specific type of opportunist that exists in the media ecosystem right now, because Candace Owens wasn't always a conservative when she in 2015, she was the co-founder of a website called Degree 180, which is a marketing agency that was uh, for consultation services, basically. And there was a blog that went with that website and it posted a lot of anti-Trump content uh, in the blog. There was uh, some jokes about Donald Trump's penis size, not flattering jokes about his penis size. <laughs> um, Owens also said that uh, Tea Party Republicans were, quote unquote, batshit crazy. Uh, she also said the good news is they will eventually die off peacefully in their sleep, we hope. And then we can get on with the obvious social change that needs to happen immediately. This is Candace Owens's words from 2015. So yep. it seems a little odd to me that she's suddenly the poster child of a specific type of conservatism. It seems to me that she was maybe being a bit of an opportunist. And I wanted to talk about where that fits in. Like, have you, Alyssa, you've been in politics for long enough that I'm sure you've seen different generations of opportunists. Does this one seem better or worse than what's come before? (laughs) It's terrible. I mean, look, here's the thing. There's opportunism. Look, like, like, I guess like lobbyists build their careers on opportunism, you know, like politicians see like a a gap in society, tell you how they can fill that gap. That's also opportunism. There is a difference between that and what I think has come before us and people becoming hateful as like their opportunity. Right. For the, for the likes. 
for the it's like it's like you want to go viral so you say you know like like even if you look at someone like god help us like a Roseanne Barr who's always been a bit batshit but then has gotten like a lot more batshit that's almost more tolerable because at least she was always kind of batshit right this is like a woman who sees like fame out of becoming uh, of of a racist <laughs> Yeah, and a bigot or well, like just no, a hate, a hateful Alyssa, person. Alyssa, we're the real racists. Listen to Candace Owens. Democrats are the real racists. She and Dinesh D'Souza have teamed up to find the real racists, and it's us. I, I just think, have you ever thought about this, Alyssa? I've Tell thought, me. I've thought multiple times. Like, what if I was a, I had no shame and no morals. If someone like me were to be like, you know what, I'm going to become a conservative who yells to camera. That for for a living, I'm going to go through a fake public change and I'm going to see where it can take me. Do you think like how big a career do you think you have you ever thought about how big a career you could have? If no, you just were like, I'm going to be our, conservative. Our cats would reject us. We would come home and there'd be cat piss on our beds because they'd be like, you fake bitches. Like, <laughs> like my cat food's not that expensive that you need to go do this. But no, because like, I just think that like. I mean, I've got IBS. It would be triggered if I became a really bad person. (laughs) I mean, Tommy Lauren is sort of is one of those people, too, who seems as though she she's been taking positive reinforcement she gets for being angrier and further to the right and more like a more of a cartoon and she's taken that positive reinforcement and folded it back in on herself. And now she's like a parody of a parody of a parody. And Well, it's like, do you know who else is interesting? Just who came to mind as you were talking. So, you know, that congressman, Sean Duffy. Oh, my God. He's my married... parents' congressman. He's my parents' congressman. Okay. Rachel Campos. And he, he married Rachel Campos, who is now some also loony conservative commentator. I want to be like, girl, you made out with Puck in the real world. Like, <laughs> I just don't see the evolution. Yeah, she was she's terrible They're They actually live in my family's congressional district or that's where they you know are based. And like it's they're so different than the people that live there. Normally, like Sean Duffy in person is a, the color of a tangerine. He is so <laughs> he is so tan and his teeth are like West Hollywood white. And he's like so just so not how people look or act in northern Wisconsin. And he just really really, really wants to be a career politician. Rachel Campos is an interesting one because she's been chasing being a like, I'm just a mom. Like I'm a concerned mom. She's been trying to be that on TV for so long and it hasn't happened for her yet. Well, she was trying to be Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Yeah, she was. But nobody can be Elizabeth Hasselbeck because for as Looney Tunes as Elizabeth Hasselbeck was, she was spectacularly perfect at it. There's nobody that can defeat her at being Looney Tunes. It's true. She's the best. She was the Michael Jordan of being she crazy. She was kind on the of the view. pioneer. She was. She was. She was the pioneer for these people. Because where did she, she came from? What Survivor? She did. She was uh, right. America's sweetheart on Survivor, and then so she look, was. Oof. They they get there. Oh my God! Have we just cracked the code that some of the looniest got their starts in reality in the in the pioneer of reality television? I mean, our president did. I don't think he would be the president if he wasn't acting like if he hadn't acted like a boss on TV in a fake show on a fake set. And I think that that's sort of what the 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 media garbage soup that we're cooking in right now is is one that elevates people that are the craziest and the loudest and the most out there. 
And those are the people that end up being asked to testify to Congress. And now those are the people that Donald Trump is trying to appoint to be the ambassador to the United Nations. And they're the people that Trump is giving high level positions to within his government. They have no business doing it. And that's that's why I think it's important for people to pay attention to this thing, even though there are a million, I bet I could list off a hundred things right now that are terrible that I would rather do than pay attention to these people. But we just need to just keep tabs on them, I think. I don't think you need to watch Tommy Lauren yell about the NFL into a camera on Fox News to, to get what she's doing. But I think if Tommy Lauren gets appointed, is, is asked to testify somewhere, gets appointed somewhere or gets elevated to more power than she has, then it's something that we should keep tabs on. Um, OK, well, that's all the time we have for this conversation. Lissa, as always, thank you so much for joining me and we'll talk next week. Bye bye. Bye. We have to take a break, but when we come back, more hysteria. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, mean, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it good for you, great ingredients, helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount, text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. 
Yeah. I have to. I refuse to be uncomfortable if I want to be productive. I refuse (laughs) to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on like a couch nap. You know, you have like a, oh yeah. you've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just like lay down for 20 minutes. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put a a blazer and like— Denim shirt. Denim Denim shirt, blazer, leggings. So easy. 100%. And, of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit falling just above the knee while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is like I think my my dad is one of those people that just like beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're they look like a security blanket that a thirty year old yep. still has, where it's just like a ball of string, and you're like, um, our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now, and I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a on a short weekend trip, and they still looked great. It was like, Dad. Your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France. Which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. Welcome back. We have reached the part of hysteria where we talk a lot about something we think about a lot that isn't necessarily in the news, but it's in our heads. First, I want to introduce the wonderful women that I have with me today. First of all, comedian, floral print wearer, Megan Gailey. Hi. How have you been? I've been good. You've been traveling. I've been traveling, but now I'm working, so I have to stay here. You've been working in a room? Mm-hmm. I went back to work this week, too. It's really lunch and typing, you know? Yeah. We're doing it. Yeah, it's like your whole day leads to lunch. Even oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. What we do is oh, it's, it's oh, it's fun. really fun. But I get there being like, "What's for lunch?" Yeah, um, and then lunch happens, and you spend the rest of the day trying not to snack. Or then you're talking about lunch, like lunch was good today, <laughs> <laughs> while you're trying to also write a television show. It's like that uh, Maria Bamford bit about people in an office, like yeah. talking about Quiznos. That's what I think about every time anybody talks about anything. Uh, second, we have Grace Para. 
Hi. Needs, needs no description. Thank everybody, you. Everybody knows you by Everyone now. Everyone in the world knows Grace Para. <laughs> You're like the Beyonce of Grace Para. Thank you so much wow. for finally recognizing that. <laughs> Megan's like, wow. <laughs> Grace, how have you been? I feel like it's been a minute. It has been a minute. I'm good. Um, God, what I've also actually been working in a room uh, for a pilot uh, the last few weeks as well. And so a lot of conversations about lunch, a lot of trying not to uh, snack. Mm-hmm. Um, I had soup before I had In-N-Out yesterday. I don't know if you guys have you ever had, had a pre-In-N-Out soup. Yes, correct. A okay. pre-In-N-Out soup. I'll and do a pre-meal sometimes. Yeah, I like a pre-meal. That's an app. You had an appetizer? <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, man. I, I always order too much food when I order takeout because when I order takeout, I'm at a point where I'm like desperate. And so I'll order sure. like three and I'll be like, I don't I don't know what I'm going to want when the food gets here. So I order like three different things. And I always feel this kind of dovetails to the, the topic we're going to talk about today. I always feel shamed by yeah. the by the takeout people because they give me like eight sets of chopsticks. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is enough food for eight people. Yep. And then I pick it up and I know, I just feel like there's a moment where the delivery person knows that it's just for me. Yeah. And it's just, it feels like an aggressive interaction. Um, last but not least, we have mm-hmm. Michaela Watkins joining today. Hello. When's the last time you were embarrassed, Michaela? Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a Try daily occurrence, I would say. Um, you know, I, I can't stand it. I have to be introduced first next time because there's so many things I want to comment on. Uh-huh. Um, I'm sitting over here being like, yes, soup before a meal. That's incredibly good soup for your digestion. Meal. Yeah. Oh, that's and, right. Yeah, it's very Ayurvedic. That. It's very, yeah, it's like a great way to go. I always talk about soup for breakfast. Why are open a soup for breakfast? You know, <laughs> part. Um, yeah. I I'll, saw Michaela in Austin and then I had to apologize when I saw her today because I was like, I was in a wild place when I <laughs> when I saw you in that bathroom. I was, I was like, all over. What happens in Austin? <laughs> we ran into each other in a bathroom in Austin. That's, That's crazy. Of all Nuts. of Austin during South by with like thousands of people. No we way. Mm-hmm. Just we crossed and for it was just a moment where I was like, Megan. And you were like, like Megan needs some help. <laughs> no, not at all. I was about to go on stage and I felt crazy. <laughs> with people I'd never been on stage with. Like, oh, let's do improv as if we've been doing a preview. Oh, dear. That's a lot of stress. It's <laughs> yeah. a lot of pressure right there. Let's, let's feign chemistry. Well, talking about anxiety, performance anxiety is, I guess, it it flows well into what we're talking about today because the reason people get nervous before they perform is because they're afraid that it'll go wrong and they will feel shame. Way mm-hmm. to make a bridge. I did. Hey, hey, Aaron, Ryan. What? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't jump on the singer. <laughs> and I'm usually leading the singer. I know. I was like, oh, that's, wow. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I want to talk about shame because I think a lot of times the way that we talk about it publicly is as something that's good or bad rather than just holding it up as something that just sort of is. Mm-hmm. It's a tool that's been used to oppress people. It's a tool that's been used to keep people in line in ways that are actually good. And it's a way that we feel when things happen to us that mm-hmm. are unexpected or when people put things on us that we didn't necessarily want or earn. So it's a personal thing for sure. It's also a social thing. And I think that it's something that a lot of people who should feel it don't. Mm -hmm. So it's this, it's sort of like money, like the people who shouldn't have money have like so much money. The people Mm -hmm. who should feel shame, like don't Mm -hmm. feel shame at all. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to float this question to the whole table. When's the first time that somebody tried to shame you? I, I hate to out my dad for this, but like I, Barbie, I was the youngest of three girls and my dad really wanted a boy. And um, 
and I'm Michaela. I was supposed to be a Michael. Um, (laughs) And Barbies were not allowed in our house. Like we did not, we were not a girly group of girls. We did not have any kind of, um, there was really no vanity that was even um, okay in our house. In fact, I don't know if it's a combo of Judaism or just um, my dad's sort of more austere way of raising us, but it was just, you just didn't indulge in fancy fairy tale princessy stuff at all. Mm -hmm. It was really frowned upon. And of course I had these old books with these (laughs) that I snuck into my house. No, I'm kidding. It's like (laughs) contraband. No, but, uh, uh, but I had, you know, books with, with, you know, Grimm's fairy tales and all these other things with all these beautiful princesses in it. And of course I would want to emulate them in the mirror. And my dad walked in when I was sort of dressed up and making faces at myself in the mirror. And I just will never forget the look on his face. It was such disgust. It was like, ugh. And I, the only reason I remember that is because in my thirties, when I was doing therapy, because none of my <laughs> relationships were working, um, I, 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 I kind of went back to that memory and I had to sort of unpack it a little bit. And I think that there was this divide that happened in me where fem, my feminine side and my, my other side, my masculine side or whatever side were, were sort of split in that moment. And I felt like to become sort of romantic or intimate with a guy, I had to kind of put down the jokes mm-hmm. and the fun, sloppy Michaela and become like, suddenly I had to morph into like, and now I am sexual being. And <laughs> like, with that I, voice, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Take off your pants. Um, <laughs> and so I didn't know how to like put, bring the two together. And it took like uh, a lot of work to mm-hmm. finally connect those, mm-hmm, integrate mm-hmm. those two parts of myself again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I remember, I don't remember, like I have a brain that works, thank goodness, where I, a lot of times like really bad stuff, all but the very worst stuff, I just kind of forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just forget it even happened. Mm-hmm. The very worst stuff you hold on to is like your little treasure trove of like negativity that every time something good happens, it's like, but what about this? <laughs> um, but I used to, I remember using shame as a weapon when I was a kid. And it's always been something that I've been very attuned to too. It's like my superpower is the ability to like make people feel bad about themselves. <laughs> That's amazing. I felt a lot of internalized shame growing up. I was the youngest of boys. So by the time I was born, everyone was so happy that there was a girl. And so I felt very, very celebrated. But at a pretty young age, I, you know, I started struggling a lot with depression and, you know, just issues that seemed beyond what a young girl should be going through. And my brothers sort of like acted out, but were like really cool. And they went to see this counselor to try and help them sort of like curb their behavioral issues. And then when I came around and obviously there was something going on with me, my my parents took me to see the same counselor. And after two sessions, I remember him like bringing my parents in and being like this she's like above my pay grade. Mm, And it was really so embarrassing. And, you know, when you're young and you're struggling with that, you're already ashamed. And then I was like, this man who helped my brothers who are like worse behaved than me can't even deal with me. You said Um, that in front of you? I I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he said pay grade, but he was like, he definitely 
specifically was like, you need to take her to like a specialist that deals in adolescent girls um, because she's she's just going through emotional issues that are that are very, very intense. And so... As a man, I shouldn't ha- be required <laughs> I to understand that. That's, that's, that's traumatizing. I mean, that's, that's something that, that, that can stick with you, you know? Yeah, I mean, e- even to like uh, as we were like looking at this outline and preparing for this, I was like, God, I feel like everybody was like really, really great to me. And it, it wasn't... I don't fault this man at all because I ended up going to see a woman who truly in so many ways ended up saving my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, you know, I credit my mom with a lot of that for being like, no, she is like doing, I remember it was expensive. And my dad was like, she's fun. Like everybody likes her. She's cute. Whatever. She'll get get (laughs) over it. It's okay. And I just, I wasn't, I I just wasn't getting over it. And I, I lost a friend to suicide at a very, very young age. Oh my God. And I think that definitely sent my parents into like, oh, we got to deal with this. Um, This is real. Um, But I I remember being like, oh, I felt different than my brothers in so many ways. You know, they played on sports teams together. My brothers ended up going to the same college. We're in the same fraternity. They're two years apart. I'm much younger. And then I was like, not only am I like gender and sex different than them, I'm also like weird. I'm weirder than them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of shame that that surrounds like mental health issues yeah. in different parts of the country, in different cultures. Um, and in some places, it's really normalized for people to seek help. And in some, it's totally not normal. Yeah. And I think that I don't know a ton about your family, Megan, but I do know in the Midwest, it's like totally not as normalized to like yeah. seek mental help. Than- you know, luckily my mom had struggled. Uh, I mean, not luckily, I'm sad for her, but she very much saw in me like, oh, I was not treated. And she went on to have a, a very traumatic eating disorder and a lot of issues. And so I think she was like, if we can nip this in the bud earlier mm-hmm. than, than I got. And she's also a nurse. She's very into being proactive about your health. And if that had not had happened, if I did not have that support from her, you know, I I don't think I would be here today. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, that brings up a really important point. First of all, I'm very glad you're here, Megan, (laughs) because you're a delight. Um, But the the point that you bring up where, you know, your mother, you talk about your mother struggling with an eating disorder and you talk about you being a little girl and not knowing what was wrong with you and being behaving fine, but Mm -hmm. also having this stuff. I think as women and girls, we direct our uh, we direct our problems inward. And that's why a lot of times that we suffer. um, It's silently and it's in these quiet, like slow death emotions like mm-hmm. shame where it's something that we we direct like our hate inward and we kind of sit it sits inside of us and it it kind of quiets us down and mm-hmm. it keeps us from being who we should be and it's i feels like a very female emotion in that in that moment i wish that they had never brought me to see this man. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm doing such, I was a smile on the outside, go home and and be destroyed on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I can do that. I'm like really, really good at compartmentalizing. Why don't you just like let me do that? And mm-hmm. now as a grown up, I'm, I'm so happy that they didn't let that just keep happening. But I felt so embarrassed and shamed that I had to go to like therapy, mm-hmm. which now, you know, is celebrated. We live in California. This was the 90s 
place in Indianapolis. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't, it was, you were going up, like, dark staircases to yeah. get to these places. Yeah. yeah. Grace, what was your experience with shame as a kid? Uh, well, you know, I, I actually, not not to pivot too much, but I was thinking about how shame affects me to, to this day and how, as an adult, it's something that I think I encounter a lot more often than I'm even cognizant of. Um, the reason this, this uh, is something I'm thinking about, because I got shamed yesterday in a story that I'll tell you guys about briefly. Um, I have been living in this new place with my boyfriend since September. We love it. It's great. It's great. Um, there are, you know, a few things here and there that, that we'd been kind of racking up as like, oh, there's like a leaky ceiling we should get fixed. There's a, a couple doors, like a sliding door that's that's not uh, working. There's a door between two bedrooms that isn't working, et cetera. So <clears throat> we, we uh, through a series of texts, we ended up te- texting with our property manager who's like, I'm going to come over this afternoon. This was yesterday. I'm going to come over this afternoon and just tell me everything. We'll have a contractor come Saturday. And I was like, great. So I have to do this alone because my boyfriend's working. Not a big deal at all. He and I talk about it in advance. And he he tells me, like, I'm really sorry I can't be there. Uh, he can't. It's work. It's totally understandable. But the reason that I that I came to understand that he was feeling bad about not being there is because of what ended up happening, which is this guy comes up and I pull out a list. And immediately this guy's like, oh, God, you have a list. Oh. Rolling his eyes at me. Oh, I'm so mad already. And and I, say, I don't need this, Grace. Don't tell I know, this I know, I know. And and I'm like, well, you know, I just we really love living here, and I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I immediately start apologizing. Uh, yeah. Immediately yeah. apologizing because his attitude to me is, you are making my job more difficult. You also are a woman who's here by yourself. You don't know much about what you're talking about. And the yeah. reality is, I don't. I don't know that much about house things. I don't know that much about car things. These are two areas where, as women, as as a woman, I'll just speak for myself here. I don't feel very knowledgeable. So yes, I tend to ask a lot of questions and I tend to feel shamed by men who tend to be experts in these areas when I ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. It's, and in some ways that's better than being made to, to feel belittled or or condescended to. But all that was wrapped up in this experience of just being like this guy at some point yesterday was like, why don't you just become a lawyer? Man, like you should just become a lawyer. Uh, I'm like, what? Because I'm asking questions about the home that I live in? Right. I mean, like, it sort of ties into what Megan was saying. It's like she had shame tied with the feeling of getting help. Mm -hmm. You were asking questions. It's like any time we express a need... For, mm-hmm. of, yes, of exactly. a man exactly. of, th- th- that we are somehow punished for it for having a need because yes. we are supposed to be the need fulfillers and yes. not the need havers. Yeah, it seems like shame is something that is used against women and girls to like maintain the social order. Yeah. Like if you step out, if you're like, I need to seek mental health counseling. I need to ask you a bunch of questions about what you're doing to my walls. Mm-hmm. I need to buy a car. Buy a car. Uh, oh my God, I just bought a car this weekend. Yeah. I and mean, congratulations. It, how terrible was this? I experience? don't recommend it. Yeah. I don't recommend buying a car. I don't recommend cars at all. I recommend jetpacks. That's <laughs> my next investment. My next car is going to be a jetpack. It's just, it's, yeah. I mean, my sad go to with like car situations is I walk in, I try and have a full face of makeup on. I'm super, super sweet. I'm doing a little aw shucks. <laughs> and then I'm like, I got. I have to call my dad, mm-hmm. even though like I'm paying for things. But I make it the assumption of like, who knows where the money's coming from? And mm-hmm. I call my dad and my dad 
when it comes to like my safety is going to be a pit bull. So I put him on. We're doing like a good cop, bad cop uh-huh. from across the country. Mm-hmm. And the good cop just happens to be a woman who looks good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I was thinking that the story of your dad was like, I just need to call my dad Charles W. Chevrolet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. He might have an opinion on how to buy a car. <laughs> and the thing is, I don't even think my dad knows anything. But it's yeah. just, they're like, I'm. but my go-to is like, I'll find them a man. Yeah. They'll talk to the man and then they'll come and talk to me. Mm-hmm. That that sort of thing I totally get. I brought my boyfriend with yeah. me. Yeah. And he I ended up getting a good deal, but I don't know if I would have gotten a good deal if there hadn't been a, a man there for me. It's like on on one hand, I understand why you would bring a guy with you. On the other hand, it's like, God, what if I were a single mom having to do this and I didn't have a guy I could you ask to take out? Yeah, yeah, that's what? fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, how do how do I stop this? Like, what can I do? And then fall over each other trying to help you find your car because yeah. you're just like, because this is good. This is gonna be good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> yeah, it was it was. It was crazy. But I think that, like, for for women and girls, it's a way to keep us in line. I mean, even when it comes to—we didn't even get into, like, slut-shaming, which is, I think, the the term— Slut is usually the one next to shaming that we see the most frequently. I let my freak flag hair fly today with my natural curls because, like, I didn't even—you know, we—I always had this— thing where I just wanted straight blonde hair so Mm -hmm, badly my whole mm -hmm. life because I wanted to assimilate. I wanted to be normal so badly. Mm -hmm. And I felt that I was carrying around this secret that everybody knew that I was a Jew. And of course, it's passed down from like, (laughs) you know, centuries of people chasing Jews out of everywhere. And in your mind, you're like, oh, that's why Jews became so funny because we're trying to take shame back. We're trying to be like, we're pieces of shit. I know. We know. (laughs) Like like Woody Allen is like, I'm such a piece of shit. I can't believe I get to date this lady. We're all just pieces of shit. And it's like trying to take all that shame back and own it and make a joke about it. But at the same time, it's still in there ripping you apart a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even when you're joking about it, it's it's definitely like it's like if you're drinking poison, you're like, I'm drinking this poison. You're still like drinking the, the poison. Can and I bring up a quick counterpoint? Yes, please. I wish more people would feel shame. I'm okay. Throw that out there. So, who do you wish would feel? I mean, because I think you and I were raised Catholic, yes, right? Yes, yes. Were you raised Catholic? Yeah, I was as well. Yes. So there's a there's a guilt shame component of. I think it's a cousin of Jewish shame guilt. Yeah. It's not the same thing, but no, my yeah. friends who are Jewish, and when we t- when I talk about how I feel like a piece of shit most of the time, they're yeah. like, "Oh, that sounds a lot like how I also feel like a piece of shit." Not the same, yeah, but similar. Like, yeah, like for me, it was like my Jewish friends. The the guilt is like your mom would be like, "You never call me," yeah, and my mom would be like. You know, I'm well, I'm glad you're, you know, I'm glad you're doing so well that you don't need to call me. Like, it's, it's a different <laughs> undercut a little right, bit. Right, right. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. different kind. It's a different flavor, but they're cousins. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I think that like, but they're, you know, we feel it. We're, we're feeling it when we remember it. Mm-hmm. But there are people that aren't feeling it, Grace. There's I think- a lot of people in entertainment who do not feel shame. I understand that in order to succeed in entertainment, there has to be an air of confidence. Unfortunately, quiet, thoughtful, um, reserved um, personalities with people who kind of withhold their skills and, until the moment comes to shine and then they don't talk about themselves that often is very, very rare and it's not rewarded. Why would it? I mean, in social media, social media is a reflection of how we exist in society. The louder voices are the ones that get the, the most attention. Um, but it unnerves me that there's, a, I, and I think there's a big difference between confidence and between cockiness. And I think we're seeing a lot of people feel like they have to emulate that, that air of cockiness in order to succeed, even if mm-hmm. it clearly comes from a place 
place of insecurity. Beautiful. Even if it clearly comes from a place of not feeling confident in themselves, they're just projecting that because they feel like that's what has to happen. And listen, we're living in the era of Trump. There's a reason that that's happening. Mm-hmm. It's because we're seeing how blustery cockiness can make somebody rise to success. To, to well, success. who knows what came first? You know, the chicken or yeah, the egg? Like, yeah. I, I feel like we were sort of heading down this path and he just represents that, you know, that we mm-hmm. said, because I don't think there should be shame except for a public colossal shame. You know, yeah. I, like you said, Aaron, the people who should feel shame don't. So I feel like there has to be this, you know, sort of big wave of shame that goes out to all the people who support uh, a redistribution somebody. of shame. Right. We need to, <laughs> it we goes need out, to, yes. The shame goes to the people who support somebody who is, feels no shame, yeah. Yeah. who is inca- incapable of feeling shame and who's doing the most shameful things like that. We can send that wave. But individually, one on one, I feel like we have to completely eradicate shame because I feel like it is from shame that most of hateful behavior does is sprung. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Yeah. Like homophobia seems like it's born of shame a lot. I th- a lot totally. of misogyny seems like it's born of shame of of women, and I think that uh, I think that the confidence thing is an important counterweight. We talked about confidence just the other week, but one thing I've noticed is that people want a shortcut to having the thing that causes the the symptom. Mm-hmm. People want the they think that the symptom causes the disease. Mm-hmm. Like so, if they drive a BMW, it means that they're successful. Mm-hmm. And in reality, if you're successful, you might earn enough money to purchase a BMW. Also, if you're successful and bad with money, that's what you would do. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's like oh, if I'm if I project shamelessness, Mm -hmm. then I have nothing to feel bad about. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't, it doesn't work in reverse. You have to like work from the inside out Mm -hmm. in order for that to actually be true. Mm -hmm. I I do think there's been a positive rise in sort of like the branding of like, I mean, you'll see even like young adolescents in shirts that are like no shame, shameless, like that kind. I mean, there's a very successful show called Shameless. (laughs) Um, So I, I, I mean, and you know, there's some problems about a characters on yeah, that. Yeah, they have some problems on <laughs> yeah. that show. But I, I do think that they're the generation sort of like behind us that's in high school now definitely seems like they are not feeling as much shame as we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe it's just T-shirts. <laughs> maybe maybe it's just <laughs> hashtags. Because right. there's there's obviously a rise in, in the shame they're feeling because we didn't go to school when there was social media. Mm-hmm. And that would have really, oh, whew, yeah. that would have really ruined yeah. a lot Ugh. for me. I'm so, uh, I'm sorry to circle back to what you were saying, Grace, because I think it is so interesting, like, that I did start to, you did start to feel a change in the ether when people started to say, no, I refuse to feel bad about this. And that then toppled into, I refuse to feel bad about literally anything. I think that that dovetails a little bit with what Megan is saying, because it's, kids should live a life basically free of shame so that it can develop and explore themselves. Yeah. But shame should set in when you reach adulthood I as agree. a way to deter you yes. from doing things that are fucked up and hurt people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like what shame should be. I want to talk a little bit about shame and sex, mm-hmm. um, just because it's something that I think is often closely associated. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, we, I, I didn't grow up in a house where we talked about sex at all. Mm-hmm. I remember being in elementary school or very early elementary school when we got one of those weekly readers remember those things that were like four pages mm-hmm. and they're like here's a news story for kids and like pictures of penguins or whatever yeah. but i remember there was one special that was about aids because we as first graders needed to know what aids was <laughs> wow and um 
it was like, you know, the height of the pandemic, but in Wisconsin, it was like, we didn't really, (laughs) but um, they handed it out. And I remember our teacher was like, nobody can laugh when I read this aloud. I remember my teacher said the word sex and I was mortified. Mm -hmm. I was so mortified because we just didn't talk about it in my house. Mm -hmm. I never got, I never got a sex talk. Um, I did have my mom sit me down once when I was like in eighth grade and told me what a period was. But by that point, I'd already had a class called Human Growth and Development, which was a very intense class where we use the correct words for things. And on the first day of the class, we had to go around reading the definitions of things. And so I learned everything I needed to know about sex from school. Mm -hmm. My parents never taught me about it. So even like in my house now, and I'm sorry, dad, for blowing up your spot. I hope you're not listening to this because this would (laughs) shame my father. Um, My dad is one of those people who he's a wonderful father, but we would like as a family be watching the sound of music and he would have to get up and leave the room in the scene when Captain Von Trapp and Maria like make out. Oh, yeah, I know. I love he that could, scene. He, could, he couldn't deal with oh. it. So you'd have to get up. That's how like averse to like mm-hmm. any sex stuff my family was. So when I first became somebody who was sexually active, older than probably most people, um, it became something that was like I had a little bit of like weird residual shame around it. Mm-hmm. Um, went away pretty quickly, but it's something that I think a lot of people don't necessarily escape truly unscathed. What are your experiences with shame and sexuality? Well, I'm happy to report that I I grew up not having a ton of conversations about sex either. Um, but my parents in their retired years have become more vocal about sex than anybody else that I know. And my mom is the first one to make jokes about it. My mom's the first one to ask questions that I have no desire to answer about my own uh, experiences in life uh, in that way. And uh, and and I think it's it's really charming because I, uh, like you, Aaron, grew up Catholic and it was not really discussed at all. I also had three big brothers, uh, have three big brothers. And so they, they're still very much alive. Um, so the three, so there was just, they didn't want to hear about any of that. There was just not a lot of conversations about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that changed, that shifted. And and I think that um, a big reason why there was a shift is because um, the youngest of my three brothers, who's gay, when he came out, my family's very, very, very accepting. So much so that my parents basically denounced Catholicism in many ways because they're like, well, not in many ways, in all the ways, because they're like, how can we belong to this institution that's not supportive of our son? Uh, and so seeing that happen, I, I, I could see my parents... Um, it just shifted everything for them mm-hmm. because suddenly sex became this thing that was not to be discussed. Sexuality was something that was the same for everybody. And the second that my brother came out, suddenly all those tropes that they knew to be consistent within every every individual was not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it opened their eyes, which then broadened the conversation. So uh, it, it was great. And, and I love the fact that my parents are in their 70s talking about sex. It's hilarious to me. Um, that is amazing. And let's get them on the show. Uh, <laughs> Megan, do you were you ever in a situation in school where a girl you watched a girl be shamed for her sexuality, like high school, college? Oh, yeah. I mean, there was a girl who got thrown out of our church because she um, like someone in high school made a sex video of her. <gasps> um, I mean, she got thrown out of church. She got thrown out of church. I and mean, it wasn't even like a. It was, you know, it was just like a regular Catholic church. I mean, I, I, I it was very. Um, the the priest said, "I'm sorry, this is above my pay grade." I, yeah, <laughs> I think he was just like, "Listen, I've seen the video," and, <laughs> and so I, rem- I, I, my reaction to that 
very much was like, oh, I'm never having sex. I was like so, so afraid of it. I used to, I lied that I had given a blowjob when I had it because mm-hmm. I felt so embarrassed that oh, I had never the lied about yeah. giving a blowjob. I, yeah. I, I did that too. I was really yeah, inexperienced. Like, like everybody is like, yeah, right totally. up to college. Yeah. I think that's the other, that's the other side of like sex positivity though. If you like live it, you're in a culture where like all the cool people are like sex positive, but then in your house, it's like, no, sex, yeah. Yeah, sex negative. Negative, you end up doing this thing where I was like really well behaved. I never did anything. And I like remember being in social situations where like I have to lie about how experienced I am. Yep. And I think that there are women and girls who choose to not have sex early or they don't feel ready when they're in high school or even in early college who feel like they need to pretend like it's like oh, a yeah. weird yep. backward shaming. There's thing. no male word for slut. There's just none. And, you know, that was the first word. That was the first way I knew how to put down a girl in my class, you know. Yeah. Oh, she's a slut. And especially if you wanted to remove her as a possible competition, you know, mm-hmm. entity. You mm-hmm. were just like, I heard she slept with so-and-so, you know, or that she slept with the whole football team or whatever, yeah. you know, and it's just sad. Uh, mm-hmm. Women are sort of to shame what Inuits are to the word snow. We have like 50 Did different you know ways. that the word for shame is sham? It comes from German, which is vagina. So What? No. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. What? What a fact. Yeah, fat, a fun fact. The yeah. Germans, they thought of everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Man, I remember being in college and uh, Catholic college. I, I went all the way with it. <laughs> uh, Catholic college. And I remember my freshman year, there was a case of like a girl who accused members of the football team of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. And the case... When it, when like it first was being whispered whispered about on campus, everybody was whispering about her like she was mm-hmm. a slut. Like she was, oh yeah, she always hooked up with the football players. Blah 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 blah. Like it probably didn't happen. It ended up being that all four of them were exonerated. But the way that we are first talking about it, when we knew literally nothing yeah. about the case, mm-hmm. was the first the way that girls were talking about it mm-hmm. were like this girl's a slut Monica she, Lewinsky yeah, yeah Monica mm-hmm. Lewinsky is a great one to kind of close our conversation on shame on let's uh, Michaela are you comfortable sharing the Monica Lewinsky story <laughs> you could just, you could so just, good yeah you, it's my best story uh, I I'm I'm happy the 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 long and short of it is that I had a terrible horrific time yeah well the, the bit is tipped but I had a really bad day on um, Twitter because all the trolls came came out when uh, I called our uh, president racist because he is. Um, and and so, uh, you know, it was like on my Twitter and my Instagram and Facebook. And I was real bummed out about it. And because I hadn't learned privacy controls yet. And <laughs> now I do. So fuck you. Mm. And uh, you can't get me. And so uh, I went to this party that night and um, I never smoke weed, but I, because it makes me immediately so stupid. And, um, but I was not having a great day and I thought, why the hell not? And I walked in, this woman was just so kind and sweet. And like, I was just like, so what do you do? Where are you from? Oh God, I don't know how to socialize. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then the long and short is she said, oh, I know this person. Cause I give talks. I said, what about? And she said, bullying. And then I said, oh, I had a really bad day. <laughs> she threw her arms around me, hugged me, pulled me in. I was like, good God, how did this woman read my mind? Like I needed a hug. I needed a full on hug. And I felt like all my troubles went away. And then as I was driving home, my friend said, did you have fun talking to Monica Lewinsky? <laughs> and I wanted to crap myself because the, the fact that I said to this woman whose entire 
adult life was shredded since she was 22 to say, you know, I had a bad day on Twitter, just mortification, utter total mortification. <laughs> I didn't recognize her. She's such a goddamn delight. And I would have apologized. <laughs> I would have apologized because... I, too, fell into that thing where even at the time, I would think I was in college, and I was like, I know this is wrong. I know that this is wrong the way we're talking about her. Ooh, but I just thought of a good punchline. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but I don't even know if I launched all the time because I remember thinking, this is not right. But that's what I'm talking about, Grace, when I'm talking about a grand public Uber shaming. Yeah, yeah. But not, but not individual shaming. Yeah. We need to have a panel decide who gets Uber shamed. And it needs yeah. to be a well-vetted panel of professionals <laughs> yeah. who have good morals and like a good... He- shame good- technocrats. Yeah. I mean, need- I think Uber could be shamed for <laughs> Uber. <laughs> you know? We could you start the like- Uber shaming <laughs> right there. Monica Lewinsky should be on that panel for sure. She yeah. can yeah. decide who gets shamed and who doesn't. Right. She wouldn't, any- she wouldn't shame anybody. She wouldn't. She's- I no. I honestly, I've I've met her before as well, and she's a friend of Alyssa's, who's one of our uh, other panelists on mm-hmm. the show, and uh, she's just like lovely. Mm-hmm. She's just a lovely person. I can't imagine the amount of strength that she's had to overcome what she overcame and to carry on the way she's carried on, and she's so inspiring to so many people. I think that's like as good a note as any to end on. I'm glad we solved it, though. We solved it. We solved it. We solved shame. We're done. We're done with shame. <laughs> Yay! Uh, we have to take a break, but when we come back, the hills will die on. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France, which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. Sirius XM Radio is better with Bogle Wines. 70s on 7, 80s on 8, better with Bogle. Alt Nation, Hip Hop Nation, Hair Nation, better with Bogle. Madison, Howard, Andy Cohen, better, better, better. Y2 Country, Prime Country, Carrie's Country, yep, all better. The Beatles Channel is better, and getting better all the time. Everything on Sirius is better with Bogle. Award-winning family-owned wines ranked as some of the finest available for around 10 bucks. As long as you're not driving, it's better with Bogle. Bogle Family Vineyards, Clarksburg, California. Please drink responsibly. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. And we're back with more hysteria. We are almost out of time for this week, but we have one more thing. This is where we take adamant stances on things that don't really matter. The hills will die on. Um, Let's start with the listener hill. Hey, hysteria women. This is Jen from Edwardsville, Illinois, and here's the hill I'll die on. Camping is absolutely 100% not a vacation. If I have to do everything that I normally do at home, but with fewer resources in a smaller space and with a chemical toilet, or worse yet, no toilet, friends, that is not a vacation. That is what you do when you're running from the law. (laughs) I am a grown-ass lady. I work my ass off all year long, and you know what I want? I want a hotel with sheets and room service. So that's the hill I'll be dying on while I wave at you from my gorgeous hotel while 
while y'all are camping and running from bears. I love that. That's great. I feel like there's an, a lot of nodding around the table, oh, yeah. and I'm uh, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm not going to die on that hill. I'm not. I love really? camp. I love camping. No. I mean, I like drinking, uh, <laughs> but. I feel, yeah, I would much rather be. I'm, like, kind of done with Airbnbs, too. Give me a hotel. I want to know where, like, the sheets are. Yeah. I think I, the resurgence of hotel is coming for sure. Yeah, for it's sure. coming in my life. Glamping, yeah. <laughs> I guess. But then it's like, I don't want to be in, like, a kind of nice cabin. I'd rather just be... I think you do it like a combo platter. I think you do, you rough it for a few days and then, you know, go take yourself to a nice place for a night. Yeah. Have a really good dinner. Everything will taste better. Mm. Everything will feel better. You'll have such a new appreciation for things. I, 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 no roughing. No roughing. I think I, this no. is no roughing. Oh, I love, no, I, I love like roughing. I love, a, I love a rough and you follow it up with something really nice. Like in I mean, the, I'll hike for like 90 minutes. That's fine. <laughs> I like a boat. A boat. Oh, I hate Ugh. a boat. I a boat is just a prison. I it's like a boat. Like water. It's a water prison. No, it's a water yeah. prison. That's yeah. me roughing it. <laughs> a boat is three hours of me figuring all the ways we're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's like also thinking about sharks, even if I'm in a lake. I'm like, a shark could probably get in here. Yeah. <laughs> or a psychopath who lives below the waterline. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's right. where my brain goes. That's, oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Now I'm going to be afraid of no, that. No, I'm in the ocean. I'm like, what if a baby washed up? I just have these <laughs> wow. feelings. Well, camping, I like it. I, I like so. it. I think you have to follow it up with something nice, but I like camping. But I respect the hill. Um, okay, so my hill this week, don't give balloons as a present of any kind. They are sure. responsibility. Mm -hmm. Like flowers are like at least there is a responsibility, but at least they're beautiful. And, and they you smell good. They smell good. And you feel really you can look at them and you feel special. A balloon is like giving somebody a hermit crab. Mm -hmm. It's like there's this thing that if I let it go, I have the stress of watching it float away, knowing it's going to like land in the ocean, land, yeah. choke a baby seal. Mm -hmm. um, and also like or I'm going to keep it in my house. I'm going to successfully, I'm going to succeed with a balloon. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep it in my house and I'm going to watch it slowly no, deflate no. and Just die. like aging. Happy Just, birthday. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Happy birthday. This is a, this, <laughs> this is, is a you. sped up version of the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. You're going to deflate and then you're going to be on the ground and someone's going to throw you in the garbage and be like, "Ugh, I wish nobody had gotten this. <laughs> By the way, there's nothing worse than standing in line to get balloons to begin with. Party City is a nightmare place. It's a hellscape. It's terrible. I hate it. Yeah. So no one is enjoying getting balloons to give as a gift anyway. Well, I just the don't think balloons are a gift. Well, like, in a, if like, I would get well give it back. Like, congratulations, you had a baby. I, I think they're a nice supplement, I guess. But I no. think they're better supplements in the form but of like, chocolate or alcohol. to an actual present would be one thing, but just sure. a balloon? Yeah. I like a balloon animal. Yeah, that's... Oh. Uh, but but you mean for like, like a child. the creation No, for like of... a child. Not for me. I don't want to... But like, I don't know. Yeah, if I was drunk, I'd put one on my head. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's fine when you're drunk, I guess is what I've realized. I mean, I have a nephew who really likes balloons. He just likes... Yeah, because he's a child. Yeah, but, right. but generally... But then also, if he has a balloon and it gets let go, it's the worst day oh, of his life. And he's always going to remember it. I just, mm -hmm. just don't... Just pass on the balloons. Yeah. There's other things that you can it's give like people. straws. Hard pass. Yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. All right. Who wants to go next? <laughs> I'm so what ready for mine. Megan? I'm right. so ready for mine. Grace, Grace, you're raring to go. Okay. So today, scientists revealed the first image of a black hole. Mm -hmm. 
Have you guys seen it? No. I read, Isn't it I read the headline. I got up at 7 Aaron, it's nothing. It's a blurry piece of shit. I don't understand why we're making a bit. I get it. Like, it's huge historically. I understand. Like, it's there's where Lord a woman. Jesus lives. But, yes. <laughs> yes. The, like, there's a woman behind the algorithm that allowed us to take a photo of a black hole for the first time. Congratulations. What am I looking at here? What is this? Can well, I see it? Yeah. It's... That's it. That's the whole thing. I saw that oh, and I thought like it was there's like red around it. It's it's That's it's blurry. So it's then if blurry. you go in it, you're gone. Yeah, I guess so. But doesn't that just look like a <laughs> okay, kind guys. Of, like an eclipse? It's not. It's Let me you go subatomic. I thought. Yeah. I think it's a big old disappointment. I'm very happy for the science community, and I know that this is a hot take, but I yeah, think the picture they, itself is a disappointment. Yeah. Let me put my, push my glasses up my nose for a moment mm-hmm. and say that black holes are basically super <coughs> massive concentrated. Matter, right? Where the close, like the gravitational field, is so strong that light can't escape. So right. theoretically, as you approach the center, you just your atoms, yeah, disintegrate. Did I miss like a whole year of middle school? No. Like, you're all like matter. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what is that happening? I, I learned from a children's encyclopedia, oh. and when I learned what a black hole was, I stayed up all night being afraid that one was going to yeah. get me. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was too you young. Internalized I was that. too young to know about black oh, holes, but sure. I was, they're very, they're very scary. I, I guess, I mean, that doesn't look that scary to me. That looks like, I just think that in this age of Photoshop and filters, give us something give more. Give us something they to work with. So you, you would have accepted it with like a Valencia? Yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> You just like sharpen it a little bit. Just yeah. sharpen the contrast. I mean, a why are we bit. more concerned about the hole inside instead of that ring of fire around it? The ring is like the last. I think it's just a release of energy before everything just kind of breaks. That down is fascinating. Come it's on. fascinating. I'm glad we're talking about black holes. I think that the visual representation could be better. You know. <laughs> so <laughs> I know it's rude. It's rude. It's rude. Well, there's talk nothing to black like, hole branding. There's nothing behind it. No, it's there, just it's just a like if you looked at it from the side, there would be like matter, matter, but like yeah. cones that come. Wow. Yeah, it's it's really it's scary. You know, when I was a kid, I was really afraid of it, but just now I was like, what if a black hole swallowed all of us? And I would be fine with yeah, it. Yeah, that'd be yeah. okay. I wouldn't want quicksand. As a kid, would you have been scared of that? <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> quicksand slowly dying in sand. Yeah, yeah. see that that would be that's interesting visually. That's the stuff of nightmares. Yeah, yeah. All watching right. a tide come in while you're in. No, no. (laughs) All right. Who wants to go next? Megan? I'll go next. I think bubble tea sucks. Uh, Mm. I think it's expensive. I think it tastes like sticks. (laughs) (laughs) I think if you like, I mean, talk about those straws. We're going after tiny straws. It's like we need to get bubble tea straws gone first because whole schools of fish are getting caught in those. They're so fat. (laughs) If you, the tapioca is, it tastes like sort of like, kind of hard cum. I mean, it's like, (laughs) it's so gross. If you swallow one, you could choke on it. I can't believe there's entire businesses existing just from selling bubble tea. Mm -hmm. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta branch out because it's matcha. Oh, I love matcha. You're wrong. No, you're wrong. Matcha tastes like grassy knoll. I'll I'll kick. Yeah, that's weird. I love it. I love drinking. No, no, no. I don't want to drink dirt. Here's what Um, I'll say about bubble tea. I, I agree with you that it's it's a it's a it's a scotch much but i love like three to four sips of bubble that's tea. The, i don't want any more after that's that. a waste of money i think that's how everyone feels mm-hmm. i but they're like they want to like it mm-hmm. and they and it's not i don't believe anyone really likes 
matcha. I, I like that texture. Bubble so tea. Much. I do too. Ooh, I don't know what it is. I no. like it too. <laughs> I love hard cum, you guys. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? Just, you know, really? let's be big yeah. enough we can admit it. Yeah. Michaela, like somebody left the cap off the penis. <laughs> yeah. And then it's coming out in pellets. Yeah. Pellets, pellets. of cum just mm-hmm. shooting down your esophagus. Uh, guys, this is this is the blue. This is our first video. <laughs> Sorry. And this is. Literally, my dad is going to cry. I'm sorry, <laughs> Mr. So Ryan. But you have the power to edit all this out. That's so. true. Yeah, oh, that's, that's true. true. But we're not you going to. You can me. <laughs> we're not going to. We're not. You know what? We need to be more cum positive. <laughs> um, Michaela, do you want to go last? Oh, sure. This is probably very banal um, because anytime you talk about cars and traffic in L.A., it's like, <sighs> but does everybody know the goddamn rule about when two cars are trying to pass each other on a hill? Does everybody know the rule? It is you're supposed to pull over if you're the one with the with the um like cars parked on your side. Eh. <laughs> wow. So I'm fucking your life up. Yeah, you're fucking my life up. What's the rule? The rule is the person going uphill has right of way. way. Oh, that makes sense. That's that makes sense. The rule. That makes sense. It doesn't always make sense because of the car situation, Aaron. You have a great point, but you would fail traffic school. Wait, but if you're going which up, which I have because to it's hard take twice. To stop. You know, like I've definitely gone woo, like gone back on like in Beverly Hills yeah. before and been like, I'm going to ruin Trucks this Tesla. Don't have the brake capacity right. always to like pause so like once they're in motion they got to kind of chug up the hill right yeah. so if you're coming downhill you think downhill would have right away because you're like i got no brakes yeah, ah, yeah. get out of the way but Although it's fun it's fun <laughs> yeah don't interfere with my fun yeah yeah, yeah there's there's a yeah there's so a that couple... is the hill that's a... oh <laughs> no, good okay, that's, okay. that okay. you actually may die you on. Might die <laughs> because you're gonna be so <laughs> you're gonna get I am a... not pulling over on Going up this hill, and then Michaela gets involved in a slow speed collision. I know, because I get really, I will die on the hill of obstinance. (laughs) You're like with a Honda Odyssey, you're just like, that's, I think that part of the reason why that even has to be a rule is because cars are so big now. Yeah. It's like yeah. driving through Ugh, driving a big car in LA. What so a new no. piece of trash oh you are. Oh my god, I I just got one, but it's a no, plug-in one. Is, I saw it, it's cute. No, 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 it's, it's a plug-in, it's a hybrid, it's electric, cute. but 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 it I get the finger constantly <gasps> and I and I feel like a douchebag in it and I don't know how long this can last. Oh man. I'm talking yeah. like a giant. Oh, like, yeah, like a, a Texas truck. Yeah, like, like a truck. truck. Texas. Big old yeah, for work. SUVs. Sure. I saw a murdered out SUV in my neighborhood recently. A what? Murdered out SUV. What does that mean? Like all all black matte on oh. the outside. Oh, is that the, that's what that mur- word? That's murdered out. Yeah. That's great. I learned something. Yeah. Today. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't about black holes. <laughs> wow. About black cars. <laughs> that that seems that seems a bit too much. To me. <laughs> okay. Well, those are the hills that we're going to die on this week. I'm going to have to come up with a whole new one next week because I have to be here every week and I keep having yeah. to come. It's like, oh, the other week I did one about serial characters stealing from each other all the time, which I was pretty proud of. But <laughs> oh, yeah. it was really scraping the bottle of my like the lucky bottom charms? of my brain. Yeah, there's a steal. Mm, like the hamburger. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. a theft-based culture in the cereal world. That They're was, always stealing from each other. Oh, I guess yeah. That, yeah, I think it's a good observation. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, we got to wrap up. Grace, <laughs> Megan, and Michaela, thank you for joining thank me in you. studio today. Alyssa Mastromonaco, thank you for joining us over the phone. There will be more hysteria next week.
legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.